All right, you may be seated. Man, I was, there's sometimes, and this is one of those songs, I just get lost in the song, and my eyes are shut, and I'm just listening, and then she, then it's over, it's like, oh, I got to preach. So, that was one of those moments. Thank you. Okay, we are continuing in our series, The Missing Peace, Uh, and you'll have to forgive me, I don't know about you all, but... This is the worst allergy season I've had. Just non I don't know if it's the wind or what. It's just every day. So you'll have to forgive me um, as I struggle with that. So we're continuing in our series about the Holy Spirit and the missing piece. And so there's each time there's going to have to be a little recap about what we're doing because this is collective, but I also think it's very important. Uh, the reason we called it the missing piece is because I started off, if you remember, if you were here that day and uh, listening to a Missouri Senate Lutheran pastor, and they usually do a good job with law and grace, heavy emphasis on law. And just a refresher, he, there, he was beating up on us Wesleyans uh, because he says oftentimes you end up in a, in a lot of denominations, a lot of churches do, end up going law, grace, and then back to law because you got to do this and you got to do this and you justify yourself, you sanctify yourself. And so you, it begins to feel like a burden. We're, we're, we're laying on more law on people. And this is what Jesus talked to the Pharisees and the religious leaders about all the time. He says that you're, you're just laying on these things and they're traditions of man, not of God. And so we have to be careful as a church that we're not putting more law on people. This, and I thought one day we should just come up with all the unofficial laws we have in church. You got to do it this way. You got to have this. I mean, I could go back to laws about choir robes, laws about bulletins, law, you know, this is how you do church. Um, And then not to mention the laws that we put on other people or, or put on our congregation. And church all of a sudden becomes a, I have to, instead of an I want to. And so it's very important that we understand the progression of law, grace, and the missing piece. As I was listening to this gentleman speak, and I was right on board, I was just like, he's kind of right about Wesleyan theology, because we do emphasize deeds and works and stuff and sanctification, growing in perfection. But it dawned on me what he was missing, the part of the theology he was missing, was the the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that transforms us. It is the Holy Spirit that uh, makes us a new creation. All we have to do is show up. And so if you remember as we got in, let me go on to say, I think it's not just the missing piece to his lecture or his sermon, but I think it's nowadays the missing piece in many churches. I think it's the missing piece in many followers of Christ, that we rely on our own efforts, our own power, uh, the natural person to carry out these things of God, to do these miraculous things of God, to transform ourselves when it's the Holy Spirit. And so we've been going through the scriptures that explain the work of the Spirit in this process. And so as we look 
kind of recap, because I don't want you to miss any of this. So in the beginning, Jesus Christ on the cross, through him we are justified, not by our own works or by our own goodness, our own faithfulness, but by Christ's righteousness, Christ's faithfulness. And when we die to our will and say, I no longer want my will, I want Christ's will in my life, then we are sanctified, we are justified. Even though we're not righteous, we are in Christ. Even though we have not been faithful, his faithfulness is our faithfulness. And so in doing that, we are redeemed, and now we are made holy, and and the temple is made holy. Because what is the temple now, between the first and the second coming? Us. Scripture tells us we are the temple of God those that are in Christ Jesus, because only those that are in Christ Jesus can the presence of God come into. And so, when we receive Christ, we are made, the temple is made holy and the Spirit can come and is born into us. It is given to us. We are born of the Spirit from John 3. We are born of the Spirit, and then when we are born of the Spirit, and the Spirit comes and dwells in us, we have the very Spirit of God in us. Now, to what degree that thrives in us is up to our faithfulness. Not a work, but showing up, staying connected. We all know those times when we haven't been to church, when we've tasted living water that quenches our thirsty souls, um, and, and then we're away from it for a while, we know that feeling. Um, and so we have to, once it dwells in us, we have to stay, strengthen us. And this is the Wesley discipleship. We have to stay strengthened in the Spirit, and that comes by staying connected to God, to the Holy Spirit, through the means of grace. Read Scripture, pray, worship, service, um, all of these different things, Scripture, all of these things, God says, I will be there. The Spirit of God is there with you. And that's how we strengthen our spirit. I I probably said this a long time ago, but we read last week and we talked about Romans living in the Spirit and how the flesh battles the Spirit. And Paul says, the things I don't want to do, I do, and the things I do want to do, I don't, because that's, that describes a Christian living by their own power, trying to do this spiritual thing by their own ability. And it gets hard. And so we have to give ourselves over to the Spirit. We have to stay connected. Uh, the story I was going to say about the two, I heard it as an old, it's probably a bunch of different um, passed through a bunch of different cultures, but I heard it as an old Indian tale about an Indian who had two dogs, one bad, one good. Or we might want to change it to one flesh and the other spiritual. And he said they fight all the time. They're always wrestling. They're always fighting each other. And it says, which one wins? He said, the one I feed the most. Right? And, and so that's our struggle that we're talking about in Romans in the flesh and the spirit. That's a constant struggle in our lives. We have not been made holy. We are justified before God, but we have not entered into that perfection yet. But so in this life, we're going to struggle between the natural person and the desires for the things of this world. 
and the spiritual person. And the one that's going to win is the one we feed the most. And I can guarantee you, none of us are feed, most of our uh, spiritual dogs are good dogs or have whatever you want to use there. They're hungry. They're not getting fed enough. And they have trouble winning the battle. And so we have to feed our spirits. We have to stay connected. If I tell my kids all the time, I said, just, and they're all in their 20s, 21 to 29. You have to give the spirit a fighting chance. Because you're, especially nowadays with phones and tablets and all this, all the media, um, the world comes at you. The things of the flesh, the things of this world, you're bombarded with them from the time you wake up, from the time you go to bed. You gotta give the spirit a fighting chance. You gotta stay connected. You gotta read and, and read scripture, pray, spend time, stay connected to those things that the spirit of God, stay connected to other believers. That's why life groups and grace groups are so important. Not that you have to come and study as much as that's important, but it's a different thing where you can share your feelings, where you can be honest with somebody. It is so important to stay connected. That's the essence of what we're talking about with discipleship. It's just stay connected. Feed the Spirit. Let God feed the Spirit. Give it a fighting chance. Otherwise, the world just, you don't have to try to feed the desires of the world or the flesh. It just comes. And so, when we um, stay in the Spirit, when we walk in the Spirit, Romans told us last week that we can't please God. We can't do this spiritual thing in our own ability, in our own power, in the flesh. We have to stay connected to the Spirit. We have to allow the Spirit that lives in us to thrive and to grow and to be strong. Otherwise, we can't walk this walk. We can't please God, it told us last week. And this week, we learn, we're all getting nervous, like, are you ever going to get to today's Scripture? Okay. So, so we learn today in today's scripture that we cannot uh, accept the things of God. We can't understand the things of God without the Holy Spirit. So our, our scripture today comes out of the first Corinthians. And it's, I commend that you go read the wider context uh, because it, it has a lot of good stuff in it. But I'm going to read um, chapter two, beginning verse six through 14. Listen for the word of the Lord. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God uh, destined for the glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, 
the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by the Spirit. The Spirit searches all, excuse me, The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows uh, the thoughts of God except the very Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak not in words taught by us by human wisdom, but the words taught to us by the Spirit explaining spiritual realities with, uh, <clears throat> with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. This is the Word of God for the people of God. So when we look at this, it says that we can't even understand the things of God. And, and that helps explain some stuff to me about where our world is. Because there's certain things that I, I just see that I think is common sense. And yet the world says the exact opposite. Um, and, and especially for many, the, the message of Christ, as it says Uh, here and other places in Scripture, to those that are are perishing, it's foolishness. I said in a sermon several months ago that, um, you know, if you think about what we say that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, for us, that for a lot of us, that just, yeah, common sense. But for a lot of people, and I understand that, I was in the world, uh, that's foolishness. That's ridiculous. That's, that's what your faith is. Somebody was raised from the dead and, and they come up with all these excuses of why or why not and how silly and illogical that is. But then you look at, you know, other theories of creation and that you think we're in, in this universe um, just floating around. With, if you think about the outside infinity, then it's crazy. So uh, what I said in the sermon was, it's not that what you believe is crazy, it's which crazy thing do you want to believe, right? Because it's all beyond my, uh, you go any avenue farther, far enough with the train of thought, it's all crazy to me. It's all overwhelming to me. And so this is what it's telling us. It makes sense to me, especially after being a pastor and a Christian for so long, I see the sinfulness of humanity. I know my own sin. That was one of the things that attracted me when I began to look in my early 20s was the world believes in secular humanism and that we're all pretty good and left to our own. The humans are going to straighten it all out. But I began to listen to Scripture and read Scripture and it said, no, the world is full of sinners, people that are selfish. And everyone in here... We can look at our lives compared to others and what we're doing for them and what we're doing for ourselves, and we're selfish to a degree. I'm not beating you up, it's just true. We don't live 24-7. We don't give all our money away. We don't make sure that there's other... I mean, we store some stuff up. We save for this. and We're supposed to enjoy life, 
But we have all sinned. We all fall short of God. We're all selfish to a certain degree. That's the reality. That's not a beat up. That's what God says. That's what, and when I read that, I said, this matches my reality. What I see in the world. And that we need help. We're not going to do it. We just keep messing it up. So you start getting truths like that. And it just makes sense to me. But when somebody else can't see that. And, and the list is long. I, I thought about naming some specific things, but it's so long. <laughs> you know, in, uh, I believe it's Jeremiah, it talks about there's going to be a day when it gets so confused that we're going to call good things evil and evil things good. I think we're getting close in some situations, right? And so having the Spirit to discern what is of God. Now you throw in the mess of, of church and denominations and messages being preached. There's a bunch of just junk and self-edifying, um, uh, um, illicit purposes, money. I mean, it's just, you have to be able to discern uh, when people come to me that are moving from the church I'm serving and they're looking for, how do I know a gospel church? I'll tell them to listen to some things. But you have to be able to discern that. And to be able to discern, you have to know the things of God. And to know the things of God, you need the Spirit of God to inform you of those. Because we, we can't, because there's all kinds of stuff. There's Christians out there hearing uh, messages that, are not of God, are not of the gospel. And they, but they might sound good. We just have to be careful, especially in our day and age, that we need the Holy Spirit. And, it, and we need it to stay connected constantly. It's not like one thing, okay, I'm going through, it helps. But to stay connected constantly helps us deal with daily life. I, I've shared in here about times, Holy Spirit times, for a little plug for Wednesday. When there's, I mean Tuesday, when there's been times where I've read Scripture and I didn't make sense. Just to rehash one, uh, I read the Scripture when I was young, I was in my 20s, and it talked about if you don't love me more than your mom and your brother and your sister, if you don't love me more than anybody else, then you can't be my disciple. And as a young Christian, just getting my Holy Spirit legs, I thought, that sounds kind of self-centered, right? That sounds kind of uh, uh, hierarchical, and it, it, did, it didn't sit with me because I was kind of right there and hadn't explained. And then the story goes, this couple that I was that I looked up to as Christian model, young couple, um, found out she was having an affair. And then she had another affair. And it just rocked my young Christian world. I thought, once you became a Christian, you're perfect. Being a pastor now, I know that's not true. <laughs> but so I was sitting there, if you remember the story, I was sitting there and as clear as if it was spoken, it wasn't spoken, but I could see the words. It was a clear sentence. 
you, and this was like a year and a half later. Than, and I, I mean, I had that thought about that scripture. That's kind of haughty. I don't, egotistical. And I hadn't thought about it since. And just out of the blue, sitting in the chapel, trying to deal with the news I just heard, I heard, you know that scripture you thought was about me? That's not for me. That's for you. Because anybody has the potential to disappoint you and let you down. And if you love people more than me, you're working without a net. That was a Holy Spirit moment. That was a moment of what the Scripture's talking about. I didn't understand that Scripture in, in my own abilities in the world. But a life situation happened happened to me, and the Holy Spirit came and reminded me and taught me the very things of God and the truth of that Scripture. So we have to have the Holy Spirit to discern the things of God because, as it says, our message is foolishness to the world. Somebody was raised from the dead so that you might be saved? That's stupid. Yes. And the things, just think about a few of them. It says, pray for your enemies. You think uh, Republicans and Democrats in Congress are praying for each other? So they might be making curses or something, but not. Turn the other cheek. Now, we're all about justice, right? Turn the, turn the other cheek. Hit you in one, give them the other. Don't. Don't get sucked into a fight. A lot of things about that. Sacrifice, what Jesus did on the cross, is true power. We get victory in in Christianity. We get victory through surrender. That makes no sense in this world. We We are strong in our weakness. That sounds like a bunch of babble in the world. But if you've lived it, if you've seen it, if you've read it, if you, the Spirit has spoken to you about it, you know the truths, the deep spiritual truths of all of those things that I just read. And without the Spirit, we're lost. So like last week, we can't walk this walk, this spiritual walk without the Spirit. We can't even please God, it tells us, without the Spirit. And we won't be able, our Scripture tells us today, to accept the things of God or understand the things of God, just like me. And I I have a bunch of those moments in my life where I was reading Scripture wrong, and maybe a day later or a year later, the Holy Spirit came and taught me through life experience the truth of that Scripture. We can't accept it. We won't accept it, and we won't understand it, the truth of God, without the Holy Spirit. Because how can we know the mind of God Almighty, creator of the universe, how can I know that mind on my own ability? I can't. Only by the Spirit that lives in me am I able to discern the things of the Spirit of God. Because it's not my Spirit, it's God's Spirit. So, I hope and my prayer is that through this series, we're not done yet, 
But you're getting an idea of how important the Spirit is and maybe a conviction of how you're relying on this Christian walk, on your own power, on your own ability. I want to give you a prayer uh, to close out. Uh, we've talked, this was so, a year or so ago, but we talked about the East, Eastern Orthodox or the Jesus prayer. Um, Sarah, I think your dad knew that we were talking about it. And it's just a simple prayer where you say, Jesus, Son of God, um, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. And you repeat it over and over and over. Um, and especially in times of stress, times of conviction, times... But as I was praying about that and going through this series and realizing how important it is that we reclaim Wesley teaching, that we reclaim the teaching on Scripture, everything I read, all the recaps came from Scripture, not me. And so for us to help get geared to the Spirit in our lives, I came up with a Holy Spirit prayer. It's simple. And you can expand on it. Holy Spirit, breath of God, help me. Holy Spirit, breath of God, cover me. Holy Spirit, breath of God, fill me. And just say it over and over. And I've been saying it over and over, and I let it come depending on my situation. Holy Spirit, uh, breath of God, give me your peace. Holy Spirit, breath of God, fill me with your joy. Holy Spirit, breath of God, save me. So I want to leave that with you to take it. And when you find yourself struggling, Holy Spirit, breath of God, give me self-control. Holy Spirit, breath of God, strengthen me. Anoint me. Whatever it is you might be struggling with, whatever fears, whatever anxieties, whatever you're looking for, say that prayer over and over and over. Holy Spirit, breath of God. Jesus, our scripture tells us that he is the helper. So you can start with Holy Spirit, breath of God. Help me. Fill me. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace, for your mercy. I pray that we all would realize the missing peace in our walk with Christ, in our families, in our church is the Lord that is in the church, the Lord that is in our hearts, the part of the Trinity that is active in the world right now, your Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, breath of God, help us, cover us, fill us, anoint us, empower us to be your people. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.